Now we return you to the test card and some music. Take 92, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows, past and present. He is Jed Shepherd. And over there is RJ the third. BSC. BSC, bronze swim certificate. Absolutely bronze swim certificate. Didn't get the silver or the gold. Mr. Rob J, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good. good. Yeah. Have you, what have you been up to? Anything exciting? Well, planned? I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast. Okay. I know I've mentioned it to you. Right. But I have an idea to write a stage show slash musical. I think you briefly mentioned it. I don't think you've gone into detail. It's a kid's book. Right, okay. Which has yet to be turned into a film. Or a stage show. Oh. One of the, one of the few from the particular uh, author. Okay. Who, yeah, it just seems to consistently never... It's always looked over. And in my book, pun intended... Well, his book, really. Yeah. Um, it is the best story of this particular author's. And what, I don't want to give away too okay. much in case someone steals my idea. Because I know what these pilfering listeners are like. They're always making musicals. Always. Always. It's, every time I think of an idea, I'll think it out loud and then suddenly, bang! Well, yeah, I'm saying. Someone else is doing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was your idea to um, do West Side Story, wasn't it? Yep. We said it on an earlier podcast, yep. and flipping someone time traveled um, back and. Yeah, I invented 42nd Street. I knew it. It just doesn't mean Avenue Q yeah. was my idea after I'd had too many Red Bulls. <laughs> it's just it's, atrocious. It's yeah. just annoying. But Crazy. You, know, you can't knock them. At the end of the day, I just didn't act on my own thoughts. So I just blurted them out really? willy nilly, and someone else went, that's a good idea. I am uh, the other day I met up with um, uh, a friend of mine who is a, one of the producers of a, a bunch of musicals on uh, Broadway and, and the West off. End. Oh, well, no. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's good to hear about what happens in the, in the world of um, high-profile musicals and also non-high-profile musicals. And it's just as shady and weird as any other industry. Um, of course it is. Yeah. It's got the good eggs and it's got the bad eggs in it. That's true. And never the eggs should mix. Yeah. That's the phrase, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Um, (laughs) Never should they be scrambled. (laughs) Uh, But no, otherwise than that, mate, I'm all good. Um, Having a strange um, day of having Lorraine Kelly off the telly retweeting stuff of mine. What's what's that about? Why is Lorraine Kelly off the telly? Um, So for those who uh, are unfamiliar with uh, my workings, um, I have a radio show uh, on the BBC and I try to get as much live music on the show as possible, of course, as long as it's good. Um, And I've been very lucky this week at the start of the week to have... Uh, an incredible musician in the name, by the name of Joe Finn, who's just sort of, sort of formed a band with a few uh, pals. Well, uh, well, one pal, and then found the other guy on Gumtree. Hmm. Yeah. But, okay. But they just work immediately. The three of them uh, formed a band called Superbird. Anyway, Joe popped That's into the studio. a good the name, stu- actually. Great name. Yeah. But uh, Joe popped into the studio Monday, uh, brought his electric guitar and played us a couple of sort of Electric, electrified but acoustic versions, as it were, just him and the guitar versions of the songs they've written so far. And I they're doing. I briefly saw it on your Instagram because you always upload <coughs> little uh, snippets of, of of the good best artists on your show, and well, I, I think, was impressed. I think sometimes it, I I miss I miss the fact that I can see it happening, yeah, and no one else can. They can hear what mm-hmm. I can hear, but they mm-hmm. can't see it. And I think yeah. sometimes you can appreciate something more when you can see it being performed. True, yeah. I always like to share it a little bit on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, apparently he'd been on ITV, he'd been on Lorraine's 
morning show. Yeah. Um, she was just a warm up recently. For your show. Yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so she's been retweeting like all the stuff I've, all the communication we've had on Twitter between Joe and I. Yeah. Um, which is just amazing. Like, mad. What's going on? Well, you know, Lorraine seems like a decent person. Yeah, she, she's lovely. She knows a good thing when she sees one. So she said, right, I need to get on this Rob Jelly train. Yeah, absolutely she does. And I mean, I think, you know, we've I've had some of the bands I've had in have gone on tour. One of them's off on tour with Calabro. Right, Like yeah. the, the best-selling, like... Uh, well, that was the band that you temporarily joined, wasn't well, it? Yeah, I don't like to brag about it. But <laughs> Is that I why they got the gig? I, I kind of drummed on their, their CD that they're currently selling. Cause, oh, you, you know. Because I'm just, you know, kind of, I'm kind of kind guy. Um, but yeah, it's been a strange one. This, uh, I, I love my job. I love, I love the fact my life is this mad. Um, and I don't know if you still have this sort of feeling from time to time when you sort of bump into famous bods who've been in big films or TV shows or directors and things like that. Just you have had moments where you stop and go, this is my life. This is what I, this is what, this is my existence on earth. I don't get that with like big people i get that with real obscure people like someone from a random film that only i've seen like late at night at four in the morning i'm just like hang on <laughs> was you in that film in the yeah. 1980s was it was you like a werewolf at one point yeah and he's like no one's seen that film i i saw it i love it um and i love finding weird and wonderful people like that um i'm off to, to la uh shortly and i will be um meeting up with a load of famous and Semi-famous and non-famous people and hanging out. Formerly famous, yeah. Um, and now it's going to be it's going to be fun, fun. A lot of sort of film stuff that's got going on in your world. Just film stuff, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's quite a few film projects, but obviously none of them I can I can really really. No, say. that's fair enough. Uh, but lots of exciting ones, lots of. But on that note, projects. it's probably worth jumping in and saying, don't worry, the pilot will still continue because oh, we're yeah. going to bank a couple of episodes before you go, but we'll also do some live stuff. Uh, like well, last well, time. We'll record it from, via Skype or some sort. Yeah. Um, so that, from Hollywood. I'm going to try and get some... Like, you, you made I a tell bet. What, you try, yeah, well, here's the thing. So I, I told, said to you last week in the episode, you have yeah. to try and find the most famous person you can get on the podcast. I'm thinking okay. you try and get, when we record it, when we actually record the podcast that yeah. week, whenever it might be, I think it's three or four weeks away, yeah, but um, you try and get in the most star-studded place possible, right. and I'll try and find the least star-studded place I can find. <laughs> like, I'll go and record it in the garden centre of a B&Q in Slough. Okay. Or oh, something, or something similar. Well, I should do it either on the Hollywood sign or on Hollywood Boulevard, maybe. Oh, right. if or you sunset. Do it, if you do it on the Hollywood sign, I will go and sit on the no, the grassy knoll <laughs> in Basildon, out in Essex, which has got its own sort of Basildon sign. Like it's like the Hollywood. <laughs> Is one. it really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got Basildon in big white letters. I say big white. They're about five feet tall. Amazing. Um, please just... make that happen. Okay. If you get up on the Hollywood sign, I will. I'll just... risk arrest. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. Okay, I could probably do it. The sound quality may be a bit rubbish, but I'll try because of the... Uh, um, Even if you just get a photo. Oh, yeah, of course, I can easily do that. We, I, just, just do it so we can, like, FaceTime each other or something like that. Yeah, we can do, like, maybe the intro to the to the thing from the Hollywood side. Done. Yeah, so it doesn't okay. have to require too much... Uh, <laughs> and then we can throw it to the studio, yeah, yeah. Oh well, this, this is the <laughs> antics that. that come on the uh, on the podcast. So welcome on board if it's your first episode with us. Uh, yep. Take ninety two. So yeah. we're off to record uh, to, um, watch and review two more television pilots. Yes, we do. Um, and I guess it's my my turn first. You right? are first this week. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this week I've gone with something uh, kind of like in my room. It's something you'd expect me to to, to watch. Um, it's a new Netflix show. It's ten episodes. So it's just went on there maybe in the last couple of weeks. 
and it is the George R. R. Martin adaptation of a book that he released in like the seventies or the eighties, and it's Night Flyer. It's plural. Song. They've obviously had to uh, compete with George R.R. R. Martin's other show. You may have heard of it, Game of Thrones. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's just a small little indie kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is relatively epic as well. It was possibly not as epic or as catchy as... What's that? Game of Thrones. this one is similarly kind of orchestral, but more kind of otherworldly and like it, but it has summons up images of like black holes and stars in the distance and blinking lights and spaceships and stuff very sci-fi and do you know what like listening to it back right now it's kind of kind of good it like is it. good yeah. it is good it also is reminiscent of the um, uh, Walking Dead because it's got that yeah like something's coming past you it's and got a pulse, it could be anything a bit of a pulse to it perhaps yeah that kind of thing. Exactly. There's a slightly eerie sort of sense to it as well. Which is perfect. It perfectly encapsulates. That, that's what a theme song should do. Yep. And we should give more points to shows that perfectly encapsulate the ideas well, and the kind of mise-en-scene, to throw that word in, um, of a team. I wasn't sat down ready for that. <laughs> that's my media, <clears throat> media studies uh, classes coming in. Um, the mise-en-scene of, of the show, which is the, basically the atmosphere and everything yeah. that goes into it, is perfectly encapsulated in this in this theme song. It is very good. Um, and it's when 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 a TV show does that, like it, it works. And I think great. after a few episodes, one of the things we do consider, of course, is is how powerful, how good the theme tune is. Is it memorable? Do you kind of go away from the show singing it, humming it, something like that? Yeah. I'm not sure you something you'd necessarily hum straight away, but probably after the first half a series. It'd probably be like the Game of Thrones one. It's probably very similar to that in the sense that first time you hear it, you wouldn't remember how to sing it back. But yeah. after a few, you'd probably go, if you heard it, you'd go, oh, Nightflies is on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, this is a show, like, like I said, it was, I probably said it last week, it was based on the George R.R. R. Martin uh, book that was uh, adapted into a film in the 90s starring Catherine Mary Stewart, who's also the co-star of my favourite film of all time, Night of the Comet. This was about 10 years after that. Um, and I watched it because CMS is in it, I call it CMS, because <laughs> Kathy was in it, and um, it's not great. It is not great at all. Um, but I can You're talking about the film here, not the, the, film, not the show. The film. Um, the show, on the other hand, has a lot to like about it. Um, the first thing I would say, it has a cold open. Yep, yeah, we've discussed this last week. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember what the fifth thing was called. <laughs> so the opposite of a, of a warm or hot open, uh, where it goes straight into it, this is it starts off with a little scene to set the scene um, and you see uh, a woman who is essentially hiding and running well, away. Well, just before that, oh. actually, you take like, a couple of like seconds, yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. get the shot from outside the space station. Beautiful. Trees floating around in space, yeah. boxes, so you think, oh, hang on, something's exploded or something's opened up and, and let out a lot of stuff that should be inside yeah. floating around and as it pans back out, you can see this whole sort of spaceship going on and then yeah. you get inside. I, th- I think I mentioned... That this is basically chaos in space yeah. because it throws you straight into a situation where you're just like, what is going on what here? What has happened? This woman is obviously in peril. She's running away from something. She's looking left and right. Um, she's trying to get something done. She's trying to get a message out. Yeah. She's trying to record a message uh, to essentially tell people, whoever find this message, 
whatever you do, do not come aboard. Don't come aboard this ship. And and obviously, great tense straight away. You're already on edge anyway because you see her looking around and you're just like, oh no. And then you see a guy come into the room. Yeah. And he is. He basically wants he to kill her. He is angry. He is angry. And she's underneath the table hiding, recording this message. He goes out of the room. She quickly rushes over to like the, um, what would you call it? Like a, well, It's almost like a kind of, uh, like a shoot, isn't it? Like, like a, a waste a, disposal like, type yeah, thing. Yeah. She's obviously trying to either get rid of some evidence or send some evidence. Yeah. Something they found. Because it's obviously got a beacon on it, on it so someone can find it. Yeah. Um, so she, she she puts the message into this container, which will shoot it out into space. But just before she can press the eject button, he comes back. the guy comes back. And uh, she manages to fight with him, manages to kind of slash him a little bit, incapacitates him for a second. Just before you give away the end of this scene, yeah, I did not see this coming. What? The, the, the carnage? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was a bit like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. That's okay. Just... Just do that then, because this is this is. I was like, this we is. We don't do spoilers, film. but this is the first four or five yeah, minutes of the episode, so I think we're happy to talk about it. Yeah, this isn't a spoiler, and this is like a classic horror film. There is something out to get this woman. She's trying to achieve a task, and something something's trying to stop so, her. So before you before we say what happens in this opening scene, would you have done that, or would you have fought? I would have one hundred percent fought, but, but I mean, I guess I could probably. Fight him a bit better. I mean, I'm funny. If I had a weapon of any sort in my hand, I'm yeah. fighting. I'm fighting to the death, yeah. if needs be. Exactly. Before doing what she does, it is a little bit contrived that it's just before she presses the button. That's when he kind of like finally kind of jumps on her. But she, um, yeah, so she's trying to get this message out because something's obviously happened on this on this space station yeah. to to make it and I think fall apart. And is at this point we know that the ship is called the Night Flyer. Oh, is that reveal? Is it a bit later? I couldn't. Oh no, no, it is because she says it in the message. She yeah, says, "No, she's can't do not come rescue onto the, night, the flyer. night flyers." Yeah, yeah. So this message about not coming onto the ship, obviously very ominous. She manages to press the button to eject it out into space uh, just before the um, the guy is coming after. You don't know the reason he's coming after, and that's no. the scary part as well. Um, and he basically strikes her down before the cold open finishes, and. Uh, and then you get the kind of credits that we just heard just there. Yeah. And what a start. That's a great start I mean, to a TV show. You're instantly like, oh my God. Well, now I need to know what's going on. Yeah. What happened? Who oh is who is she? Who is he? What has she put in the pod? Yeah. Uh, and then it goes back in time. It does. And it rewinds. So you, go, so you basically go back before the incident, shall we call exactly. it? Exactly. And you meet the crew. You meet the crew who's yep. about to come onto, onto the ship. And they do some real interesting things as well because how they mess around with time because they introduce you to um, the captain, I would say he's the captain. Yeah. They never really kind of like fully tell you exactly what everyone's positions are. I, I guess you're just there to, to kind of assume. Um, can I just say before we go into that, um, this was directed by Mike Cahill, who's an amazing director. Um, he's done things like uh, the film Another Earth, which is another sci-fi thing about right. another Earth suddenly appears in the sky. Um, and he did that on such a tight budget. And so this guy can handle sci-fi like like, like no one's business. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've you've basically got this scenario. You're already waiting to see what happens, and they don't give you the satisfaction of going back to sit back to see if she survived or what, the spaceship blows up, or whatever. Yeah, you go back to to the before it all happened, and I think this bit's brilliant. You see you see a guy playing with his kid and his wife, um, and you're you're seeing these these lovely acts of like uh, interactions between like this guy and his like child. 
And then it breaks that reality and you find out that he was... It's now the present. Yeah. So it's before the cold open, but after him interacting so with his family. So basically, he's reliving a memory in a sort of memory pod, isn't yeah, he? kind of like a virtual reality type machine, but it's a memory machine where you c- you, c- you ask the computer on the ship. He's aboard the Night Flyer now, yep. and he's instructed the, sh- the ship's uh, computer to uh, take a memory from his head, a, a memory he loves, and to make him relive it. So we've seen this in things like uh, Black Mirror, um, multiple times, actually, and in, in other sci-fi things, um, like, what's the Tom Cruise one? Minority Report. Minority Report, yeah. Where memories and, and dreams and things can can be seen by other people um, and can be retrieved. So he does this. It's a great way for linking the past to the present, because it's like, okay, there's the past, he's a family man, and bang, you're in the present, and this is the situation yeah. now. Um, but it's also important as well for this uh, from, from this point of view, because you go back into that sort of pod I want to call it a pod for now. Ooh, um, a bit later. A bit later on. And, and it's a very different experience. A very different, very different experience. experience uh, to be honest with you. Um, but there's, there's, um, there's a great uh, collection of, of actors in this. Um, none of which I knew the names of, I'll be honest. But they, I just think yeah. that everyone in this is is a, is a perfect casting for it. Yeah. Um, that's from um, uh, Carl, who's in this. Um, he's essentially the captain who we're speaking about. Yeah. Um, Roy as well, played by David Ajala, who's this kind of ship's... He's the ship's captain. Yeah. Like, top, top captain, who you never actually see. You only ever see in holographic uh, projection. Yeah, and the other crew ask, why is this guy just a hologram? And I don't think... That's not answered. It's never in answered first. in the first yeah, episode. Yeah. Well, it's not answered the first episode, for sure. Yeah. Um, you've got other characters in it as well. Uh, one to probably throw in, st- at this point, Lommy. Uh, who's yeah. who's in there quite early on? Uh, Rowan and and Melantha as well, and you've got Fail and Fail, which Ooh. is the, the the antagonist, the protagonist of the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's the he's the point of which there's the doubt and the yeah. fear coming from. So this guy is on the ship. You don't really know why or how he got onto the ship so far, but he... he's brought on, isn't he? He's brought yeah. on by the Doctor. Because he's the only alien yeah. that they have is an L two, is an it L one, L one. Yeah, so he's, L- he's a telepath. Yeah, um, and he's not essentially an alien. I think he's still human. He's in human form, but he has powers. Yeah, yeah. And um, so they've got this person who's almost like a creature because he has powers that are beyond human on the ship. And this is, like you said, this is the point of contention. This is where the suspense comes in because strange things start happening on the night flyer. Yeah. Um, and the Nightfly's mission, like like most sci-fi things, is just to have contact with aliens. Yeah. To find a, and so they're using reconnaissance. Thale, yeah, Thale as a way of, um, and you don't know how how Thale or people like him have got these powers. No, you don't. And but the other thing to add is at this point that everyone on the ship is aware that what an L one is. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly ex- uh, there's um, experience yeah. from the human point of view of what L ones are, who they are, what they can do. Because there's that because they have a massive. Fear. Fight, there's they? a massive bit of fear when he arrives on the ship for the first time they're like what is he doing on here yeah, what's Nell 1 doing on our ship I mean you were kidding me There's n- what, no one told me about yeah. this because they wouldn't have gotten the ship otherwise yeah exactly so there's there's obviously a backstory explanation to what an L1 is how the, the, the first contact the humans have had with them yeah. lots of stuff there to be answered to there's also a character called Maya who is a cyberneticist and she is a person who manages to who has sur- surgically been altered to be able to con- to have contact with the ship itself, the ship's computer, through her own body. Yeah. So she has <clears throat> implanted 
uh, neuro ports into her arm yeah. and where she can plug herself quite down into the ship. Yeah, yeah. quite like she talk to the ship. Like Crichton in Red Dwarf, basically, or R2-D2. Yep. Plug yourself in the ship and you can read everything instantly, transfer information, collect information. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's quite a cool idea, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, so in this particular episode, strange things start to happen. One of them is um, Carl starts seeing his daughter. Yep. Now... Outside of the... Pod. Yeah, outside of the pod. And, like, I don't think it's addressed... Or maybe it is. Maybe I missed it. Did his... Is he just away from his daughter? Or did his daughter die? I don't know. I feel like his daughter died. And it he's feels like that. to remember. It feels like that. Yeah. Or he's been on the ship a long time and he hasn't yeah. seen her for years or something. I don't that know. Could it, be it. it feels more like a death one than a absence. Which makes it more scary when he goes back into, like, after... The first kind of we get introduced to the characters. He's back in the pod, yeah. the virtual reality um, room, and he asks the computer pull that particular memory out again of him playing with his daughter. But this time it's a little bit different. It's like, a bit twisted. So like, it's yeah, not right. It's it doesn't not, it's seem not... like a memory. He's like, this this isn't what happened. And then he tries to pull himself out of the machine. And this happens in Star Trek quite a lot, where they try and pull themselves out of the um, hollow projection. Yeah, the VR. And he can't he can't get out of it. Um, and then it starts to get scary. And then his daughter. Um, starts to do some weird stuff within this memory. And then he physically forces himself to look away from uh, the pod's beams, the, the beams yeah. straight into his head. And then he realises inside the pod with him is the physical manifestation of his daughter coming towards him. And very scary, very horrifying, yeah, yeah. like and very well done, actually. Um, and then he basically forces himself out of the pod, slams the door just before his mm. supposed daughter comes and gets him. I don't know what she, if she was going to kill him or what. Um, but then he suspects that the Thale has something to do with it. So he goes and confronts the Thale with a bunch of people with guns. And uh, the Thale has um, a kind of a scientist. Um, is that Jodie Turner? Uh, possibly. Uh, wasn't that... Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. No, 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 be... no, no. Jodie's not the scientist, is she? Because she's, she's the one that um, is in the bath... When it f- oh yeah the stand up bath thing, um, isn't it? I'll say it's uh, Gretchen, isn't it? Uh, she's, oh yeah, she's, she's a psychiatrist. Yeah, you're she's right, a psychiatrist. Yeah. She's the sort of scientist doctor on board. Yeah, and she's an expert in working with <coughs> telepaths. She's worked with telepaths before in L ones. So she, so Carl, but comes she seems storm- to have a relationship as well with Thale. Yeah, we don't quite know why. Carl comes storming in and said, "Like Thale, like what have you done? Um, you you done this?" And then Gretchen is. Uh, Gretchen is basically there, and yeah. um, actually, her name's Agatha. Yeah, Doctor um, Agatha. Sorry, it's played by Gretchen yeah, Moore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you may know Gretchen Moore from other things, um, and persuades him not to shoot Thale, basically, because yeah. they were just up for shooting. But Thale gets angry and manages to kind of incapacitate some of the the crew members. Um, it's just a, there's a lot of, a lot of suggestion throughout this episode of Thale interfering with people's minds, making them do things they don't want to do, making them see things they don't want to see, um, and. That, that I think is exactly what you're supposed to think. You're supposed to think that Thales in on the whole thing. It's it's all down to him. Yeah. And by the time you get to, it's about an hour long the episode. Mm-hmm. Um. And by the time you get to sort of half an hour in, forty minutes or so, you're starting to think, well, hang on a minute. There's all these things going on. He's the one that's being blamed for it all. He's the telepath on the board. And if I look back to what happened at the start of the episode. I'm putting two two together, thinking because at this point as well, you've also yeah. now met the guy you see in the opening scene, and he's a normal guy. He's just a guy on a ship. Just he's, he's a, a bit of a skeptic. Yeah, 
but he's a scientist on board. And he's like, totally cool, totally down to earth. And yeah, so the guy at the start who is essentially the guy who um, (coughs) is the antagonist right at the start, when you see him now as a normal person, as a guy just aboard the ship, he... um, his intentions to be on the ship are quite shady as well, though. He says, if things kick off or if something interesting happens, he just wants to be there. But for what reason? Yeah, you don't you don't know yet. Um, so you, yeah, so you've got this. But I mean, it just it's uh, you can tell straight away that they're they're doing this to make you go down an avenue. Yeah, that you're not. I was going to say that. Do you, do you actually think Fail's oh, doing this? No, someone's framing him. Someone's obviously framing him. <sighs> it's too obvious. Framing. Don't know. Or using him as like a satellite. So like he's being controlled from outside and he's being planted in there because it means they've got direct access to other beings. Maybe. Because then another, like you said, there's a a character on it called Jodie who is, um, well, first of all, she's being watched and she accuses, she accuses um, (coughs) David, who's who's actually the captain, but he's a hologram, accuses David of spying on her, getting changed, etc. Uh-huh. So then she realises what's going on. She kind of puts on a little bit of a show, I feel. Yeah. Um, but she gets into this like stand-up bath kind of unit that, that kind of closes, um, like a like a big test tube essentially. And um, then all of a sudden, like the one co- the other the one that's next to her gets filled with like what looks like blood and body parts. Yeah. And then she gets stuck in her one, and she can't and she can't breathe. Basically, it fills yeah. up to the top with water, and. Uh, she essentially drowns, and luckily the uh, cyber Lommy, yeah, uh, Lommy, who is the cyberneticist, links the ship's computer, realizes what's going on, and then she gets runs her in down time there, yeah, yeah, and saves her. There's, I think there's, there's all done deliberately. There's so much that goes wrong from the moment that Thale arrives on the ship. It's, it's too it's obvious. Always, it, it can't yeah. be Thale. Come no. on, it's too obvious. Yeah. But what it has done is for the last 20 minutes made you and I talk about the same thing over and over again. Well, and meaning that we have to watch episode two because yeah. now we need to find out. It can't, it can't be fail. Do you know what this reminded me of? Unless it's, a du- unless it's a double, you know, like sort of reverse yeah. psychology, like in which really case is. it actually is. And yeah. we've been suckered into thinking it is, then go, no, nah, it can't be because it's too obvious. And actually it isn't the long one. This show, that just kind of the way it's um, kind of shot as well, reminded me of Krypton a little bit. Just the fact that a group of people on yeah. a far away kind of station, um, I just I just felt felt a similar vibe with it. I'm not sure if Night Flyers is going to be a show that everyone will enjoy, um, even though it's J- yeah. uh, George R. R. Martin. <coughs> I'm not sure this is for everyone because they do lean heavily into sci-fi and horror tropes. And much as I wish everyone was into it, yeah. there are going to be people out there. My mum, for instance, <laughs> probably won't watch this. There'll be people out there who might think it's a bit too scary. Uh, people who just don't enjoy people mm. on ships um, getting terrorised by things. Uh, but then again, Stranger Things is, is massive, so maybe. Yeah, you never know. All right, commandment time quickly. Let's do you do want it. to watch episode two? Yes. Uh, memorable theme tune, or does it have a good theme tune? I think it's good, and I think I'll get more and more into it, like yeah. the more I listen to it. Uh, does it introduce you to a new character or journey? Yeah. Because yeah. Thales come aboard, you, you're basically on the... I think Thales the... the one that we, we're going to follow, kind of. Yeah, I think so. Uh, would you pause for a pee? I think you have to. You have to, but would I? I'm not sure I would. No. I it running. I probably would as well. I think you probably should, Yeah. but I don't think I would. Uh, do you feel emotionally connected, love or hate, with any of the characters? Yeah, with Carla, because like obviously his his daughter is 
separated from him or even deceased. And I really felt sorry for him. Um, I'm not sure I cared. Really? Yeah. Maybe you will as time goes Yeah, on, possibly. I just... I don't know. Okay. I'm not, not, not completely convinced I feel much at all for him, but... Right. Would you recommend it? I would recommend it, yeah. Yeah. I do recommend this. Um, it's something a bit different, I feel. There's not yeah. too many things like this. No, I would say so. Um, is there a mic drop? Yeah, right in the first five minutes there is. Because I'll be yeah. honest with you, I didn't see that Did coming. Did not see that coming? No. Is there a... Maybe not for me. Just not the way it happens. Okay. I don't want to give, any way, give anything away, but I just... For me, that was not how I expected that to happen. I was like, yeah. oh, Really? Okay. okay, but you, but uh, whatever. Okay, uh, does it defy expectations? I think it was better than like uh, I thought it would be. Um, I I get this feeling that this is going to be a good episode, but it won't be the best one. Well, this is the one directed by Mike Cahill, and he hasn't directed any other, any of the other episodes, so um, I think it's quite hard for for them Some to be follow that. One thing I am very very interested in is. Um, on epi- the next episode, episode two, is directed by Andrew McCarthy, and I don't know if you know who that is. No, Andrew McCarthy was um, an actor. Oh, he still is an actor, essentially. But he was in loads of eighties teen movies. So he was in Pretty in Pink, Less Than Zero, Saint Elmo's Fire. He was always like the the hot good guy, okay. basically. And uh, to see him directing something on this scale is brilliant. And he's got a couple of episodes <coughs> in this. So um, all right. That excites well, ha- me quite a lot. It's only been out a couple of months, out in December of 2018. In fact, they've released every episode one day after the other from the 2nd of December on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Um, and is the hype real? To be honest with you, I didn't get much hype from it. So it came yeah. quite quietly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say there was less hype for this than there was for the show of my choice this week. Yeah. Full disclosure, though. like, um, Oh, prob- here we go. I probably like it a little bit more because the guy who does all the posters for it did the poster for salt <laughs> so i um i, I like i immediately s- bonus points yeah I, I saw him putting up the po- the artwork for this like way before uh, i knew anything about it was like wow absolute cheats honestly <laughs> so i know so i doubly enjoyed it for, for the kind of the artwork okay right well we shall give it our official score out of 10 each at the end of the episode yeah um but we also have the other show to watch this week and that mm. was my choice uh similarly space themed uh similarly available on netflix It's Lost in Space. Less peril, more adventure. Sounds very adventuring. Doesn't it just? Yeah. I'm ready. Those trumpets. I've got my boots on. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's 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 go into space. Let's go. Let's do it right now. Right now. Will we be found? Probably not. That's fine. But that's the idea. Called lost in space, not found in space. That's true. <laughs> let's enjoy it. Let's embrace the yeah. darkness. Um I immediately from the theme tune feel much more optimistic about this show in the outcome. It's it's a, it's a, it's the other side of the coin, isn't it? It very <laughs> much is. And and when we would, you know, we always try to pit two shows of similar ilk against yeah. each other. And when you said uh, Night Flyers, and and it was a space one, Netflix. I thought, well, Lost in Space was one I had wanted to yeah. watch it for a while. Makes perfect sense. And I thought, yeah, let's just give it a go, see what happens. But yeah, in in sort of retrospect, it's kind of a flip to. 
The other one is yeah. less less trauma and, and disaster and it's more a little more hope. More exploration and hope. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say something quickly about the the, the director of this uh, pilot? Go on, episode. they directed Salt. Is it Rob no, Savage? No, no, it's not. It's uh, Neil Marshall, who's actually one of my favourite British directors. He did Dog Soldiers. Um, do you know Dog Soldiers? No. The, the werewolf movie? He brilliant. And he did Doomsday and did The Descent, which is one of the best British horror films for the last like 30 years he's absolutely brilliant he did, he did all the good episodes of uh, Game of Thrones as well um, and he's done a, uh, an episode of Westworld and um, he's actually oh, directing uh, the new Kong movie Skull Island uh, Blood of the Kong he also directing the new Hellboy oh god damn yes yeah so this guy is credentials through the roof yeah um, well it's no wonder then that um, I mean I enjoyed this a lot I, I was um, a little unsure as to what it would be. I mean, I knew that there was humans. I knew there was yep. some sort of alien life form going on just from the trailers alone I'd seen and the posters as, as well. Yep. Um, how they were going to come to be together, interact, it was all to be revealed, really. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's it's a totally different sort of idea. It's very family. It's very, uh, there's a lot more warmth to it in yeah. this. The, the family's um, the Robinsons because I'm... Um, um, the original like TV series from the sixties was based on the Swiss family Robinson group of uh, f- a family with some kids um, on a desert island essentially. Um, okay. And this is and so in the sixties they made it into a TV show set in space, sa- same premise, but instead of uh, an island, it's yeah. Well, you, a you said planet. this week last week that it yeah. was uh, based on um, an older version, which yeah. I said I'd go and watch, and I haven't managed to watch that one yet. But yeah. um, I will try and dig that out because it'd be interesting to see how how the two differ. And yeah. and how they're the same as well. And some of the references, there were references in, um, in this about the 60s show as well. Which is probably just a nice yeah. sort of respectful nod back yeah. more than anything else. I, I hope that shows like this, when they're sort of remade, I use yeah. that word carefully, they're not reliant on people having seen something else. It they're needs, definitely it needs, not. It needs to be able to stand alone. It does give you another another layer of enjoyment, though, just to go, oh, see what they've done yeah, there. But that's yeah. nice. Some, that, sometimes yeah. that's nice to have those extra bits in there, but they're not absolutely vital to getting the story yeah. so um i mean the, the crux of this is is that there's a family of five um and they're all all in the, well mum and dad certainly i mean dad is a soldier um mm-hmm. and sort of quite a well you know high ranking officer at least yeah. um mum is i don't really oh, what is she? I mean, she's a scientist. Is she a sort of yeah, a general scientist? I mean, her... but she seems to have some sort of authority as well. In a oh, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to to be able to be in space, you're going to have to be like an astronaut scientist. Yeah, and I think once once they finally get lost, her skills come into play a bit more. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's accepted fairly early on that space travel um, is much more. A norm than yeah. than it is in actual reality here now in 2019. So uh, we're accepting that that kind of thing is a normalish kind of part of life. Uh, and the kids are of varying ages. There's two girls and a and a little boy, um, sort of teenage. Little boy's got to be about ten ish, and the and the girls are sort of early teens, mid teens. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if it's if it's properly explained in this. Um, I don't know if you got it. Let, let me know if you if you if you didn't get this bit because I only got this after after reading it. And I knew nothing. So essentially, Earth has basically gone yeah. uh, or messed up, and these guys are the twenty fourth colony. Mission, colony, that's it. Um, to go to Alpha Centauri, where they uh-huh. found a, a, a planet. Now, I 
from this episode, I honestly didn't really understand why they were why they were in space or or how many people have gone before them. I I thought, well, watch this. They were the first people. They were the pioneers. Yeah, I didn't, and that's why they got lost. It's not massively explained, and uh, yeah, this whole twenty fourth colony makes you think. Well, there's twenty three missions have gone before it that people have gone off to explore corners of space to find new habitats for the humans to live because earth is kind of you know done and dusted and which is slightly conflicting because uh, the start well near the start um dad is video messaging the kids on the tv indoors mum sat there with the kids in the front room he's obviously dressed in camo yeah and so he's obviously working abroad uh, armed forces kind of thing that's the image you're given at least and um not home for Christmas, I'm guessing, because they're going to open Christmas presents early. Yeah. Secret Santa's been discussed. So it's Christmas time. Um, so you get some feels for it. There's nice sort of tangibility for you know vo- viewers yeah. to kind of feel like, oh, wow, you know, it's, you can relate to that family time, parent not being there for whatever reason. Um, and it's not until sort of about a minute passes of this and one of the girls goes, hang on. Isn't that our bush in the background of the shot? And uh, it turns out he's come home yes. and the kids didn't know anything that about it. Nice, and it was yeah. lovely. It's lovely, like heartwarming moment as well with the family back together. Not long before, they're forced to kind of go yeah. and kind of get themselves ready for the mission. Um, the angle of sort of dilemma is that the young lad is... Will not, Robinson. Not the scratch. Will is not really... Kind of right for the mission. He's he's going to be rejected. He's mm-hmm. not going to pass the exams. The tests are required for him to be knowledgeable, safe enough in space when with them when they go travelling. Um, whereas the others have all been fully accepted. I assume we're not actually shown that, but we assume mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but Mum, she's got a position of authority, and she knows a few people in higher places. Yeah. And with the trade of something, I assume information. She manages to uh, wrangle wrangle a a space on uh, number twenty four on mission twenty four. I mean, you'd you'd think you'd be able to bring your family if if you're so important and you're a scientist, stroke astronaut. They should let you bring your family. I know the spaces are are, are tight and Mm. this is a colony now, but imagine having to leave your kids. Well, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's essentially it. She's the dilemma is trying to get him on board so that they can all go together as one family. Uh, They do. They get kitted up. They get put on on um, Jupiter Ten, I think the ship is called. Uh, There are a range of Jupiter ships um, on this twenty fourth colony, I guess. I don't know. We're making some assumptions, really, from limited information. <laughs> uh, from Jupiter Two, it's the Jupiter, Jupiter Two. Jupiter Two, sorry. And they're sat on Jupiter Two, and they were t- they were like podded against, like docked against the space station of some yeah. sort before they take off and then go into space. Yeah. And something happens. It sort of seems that, like, I guess, a planet collapses or a star collapses and starts yeah. sucking. It's basically some kind of like collapsing wormhole or something that just like. D- destroys their yeah, and it kind of comes out of nowhere, which is a little bit of a bit of like, where, where did that come from? I mean, everything was fine five minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't quite know, but the, yeah. So ba- basically, they are trying to get to um, Alpha Centauri, where where yeah. this colony is. Um, and yeah, and they basically their ship gets 
essentially hijacked. Knocked off course because yeah. they get sucked into this sort of wormhole. Yeah. Because I was going to ask the question, like, if they're trying to find a habitable, pla- habitable planet, well, they've accidentally find, found one through this wormhole. Yeah. Um, but they don't know where they are. That's true. In the universe. Essentially, that's why they're lost in space. And they crash land on it, and it doesn't, like, look like or seem like a very hospitable planet. No. Because um, straight away they... Um, but they realise it's safe to breathe the air. Because there's a, a rip in the, right. um, yeah, well, exactly. But then let's be honest. You, how how much of this show would you have watched if they had to continue being <laughs> yeah. in their suits? That's true. They had to, they had and their ship did sink. Yeah, um, but yeah, every, everything isn't as. I mean, they have oxygen or at least some kind of oxygen, but everything isn't as peachy as you, you might think. And they find life on the planet, or initially, is very treacherous indeed. Yeah. Um, and they find themselves in, in some sticky situations, icy well, situations. Well, yeah, I was going to say, that they, they've managed to, to draw out is the wrong phrase here, but it, uh, they managed to make a very small, simple storyline stretch out for over an episode whilst Will and Dad go exploring. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the ship sinks, it crash lands on this planet. It's uh, crashed into some sort of ice. Yeah. And um, just due to the sheer weight of it, I guess, it mm-hmm. sinks into the water below. But just out of sort of within eyeline underwater, but it's it's out of reach. Yeah. Um, but they want some supplies because mum's taken an injury on yeah. board uh, when the crash happens. I'm going to get some magnesium or something. Yeah, though. so Will, yeah. The, uh, the one who wasn't qualified to go, realises that the white... Um, smoke, as it were, that's appearing across the horizon can only be formed if magnesium was melting into the ice. Uh, That's the colour it would make. So he realises that. He said, well, if... And this has all come about because, sorry, one of the girls has dived into the water to try and get some of the supplies out of the ship. But because the sun has set, the temperature has dropped too quickly, the ice is freezing. She's about three feet below the surface of the water as the whole thing freezes. With five hours of oxygen left. Five hours of oxygen left. So there's there's the there's the sort of your story, there's your your cut off point for tension. Yeah. And then what you what you have next That was a very confusing way of setting the story, I do apologise. We have to set the scene. Um, and fans of the original Lost in Space and even the Matt LeBlanc film Lost in Space know one of the main tr- things in Lost of Space is the robot. Yep. So while Will's on this uh, self-exploration adventure... Well, they're with a dad, but they get separated, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because this part's quite important because Will finds a ship... Um, yeah, like a, a, a similar a, ship to the Jupiter, really. Exactly. And there's a robot aboard, and the first thing I would do if I saw a robot aboard a ship and it was, f- and it was turning on or I would kill it. First thing I'd do is like, smash its head in. Nothing with what? My bare hands. There's nothing that can become. You have human hands, not bare hands. <laughs> There's nothing, <laughs> no good that can, can come out of finding an, a crashed alien spacecraft and some machinery on board. That's nope. Yeah, um, you're gonna die. But but with all this, like you know what Lost in Space is if if you know the show, and you know he's gonna befriend that. But it's treating. A robot as a human yeah. is it's quite it's quite hard. It's quite hard to make the audience care about a robot, and yep. I feel like they did do it. In they this, did it because the friendship between Will and the robot is pretty cool. It is. Um, I mean, the robot itself is quite an interesting uh, design. I want to say that yeah. um, it's sort of humanish. 
but not. It's sort of spidery. It's sort of insecty, actually. Yeah. Probably the best way of putting it. No face, but a sort of facial area that has a sort of changing glow about it. Um, it's injured. Yeah. And you realise that once its uh, top half is in a tree and its bottom half is walking around on the forest floor, yeah, Will yeah. has tried to escape up the tree only to discover the top half of it. And I guess this is why it befriends it. because it, Yeah, it's, and it, Will being a child, you know, the sort of thing that a grown-up probably wouldn't do because we're grown-ups and we don't think this way, the child thinks, well, hang on, oh, it looks hurt. Like, yeah. maybe it just needs my help. Exactly. So yeah. if, I get the, if I get the top half down, it can... Self, self heal. I don't heal, know. I mean, yeah. like, like a child's imagination works in yeah, a different ways. Your way grown up together, does. Yeah. So, and then what happens as a result of that? He helps the the top half of the robot kind of get down out the tree by cutting the branch off. Um, it sort of mends itself, and then yeah. it rescues Will because the forest and she catches fire. Yeah, conveniently. Exactly. So, like, because <clears throat> one good de- good deed leads to another. Yeah. Um, and it, it, this is full of morals. Sci-fi is full of morals and. I think without things like Star Trek and uh, other sci-fi shows around that time, um, people would have to rely on, I don't know, mm. their parents maybe, or school? You don't yeah. want to do that. Plus, I mean, being sci-fi as well, you get away with a lot of the stuff that you think, well, that's not realistic. Yeah, well, they're travelling through space and time, you know, yeah. I and mean, just, just let go of the reality of the situation for a minute. Quite like the fact that a robot um, mimics the sort of the human form, shall we say? Yeah. Which leads to the question as to what has it mimicked previously to this, mm. that it ends up with the sort of three, three leg thing kind of going on, or the six leg thing kind of going on with the yeah. multiple arms. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it, it has the ability to um, manipulate itself, almost Transformer-esque in a way. Yeah. Uh, sentient kind of like uh, like the sentience from X Men. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, those creatures. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then so Sentinels. Will, Sentinel. Sentinel. That's, that's the, the word. One, thank yeah. you. Um, and and then Will, uh, knowing full well that the reason they've left is because their sister is stuck in the ice and they need the magnesium to melt the ice to get her out. Yeah. She's only got certain limited oxygen left. Dad has had to leave Will there because they got separated and yeah. he's thinking, well, I need to get back. She has only five hours of oxygen. Yeah. You're fine down there, sat on a tree. Yeah. Little did he know. <laughs> so Will, with the robot, returns back to the ship and the robot helps him out um, yeah. by heating up the ice and mm-hmm. helping her out of the thing, which you might say is a bit is a bit sort of cheap. But yeah, um, what's the point having an alien friend who's a robot who can transform if you can't use them to help your sister get out of the ice? Exactly. And I mean, I can't remember too much about the TV show. I know it was the the sixties show. Uh, sorry, was repeated in the nineties, uh, like six six o'clock before um, certain shows. And there was um, an element where the robot was useless. Um, if I remember correctly, the robot wasn't as handy and hands-on as it is in this in this show. Now it seems like any situation this only, only had an handy. Allen key, yeah, for some IKEA furniture. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so it seems to me like um, the because of Will's um, like kindness. honestness and kindness, he has saved the day. And yeah. at the start of the, of the episode, don't forget. He was the one you were the being kind of rejected. Like, yeah, so it's a real, real nice it's kind arc. of proven to himself as well as the others. Yeah, he's he deserves worth, to be there, worthwhile being on the mission. Yeah, and then besides this kind of storyline, because that nicely ends there, then you get to see kind of like a flashback of back on the um, back on the um, uh, ship or yeah, port or the space or station, space yeah. station. Um, you see um, a woman, Parker Posey, I think it is, um, the actress, 
who um, everything's going crazy and uh, she basically takes a jacket off someone. And this is this is where yeah. references to the 60s show come right. in. Because the uh, jacket she steals and puts on and gets into the pod and escapes. Dr. Smith. Zachary Smith. Right? And in the 60s black and white TV show, yeah. Zachary Smith was the antagonist. Ooh. So was essentially the bad guy, but was also with, with the family. It was the ah. family. And you never knew whether to trust him. So... Because you first of all see the guy um, in the Zachary Smith yeah. thing, you think, oh, he's going to be Zachary Smith, but it's not. She takes his identity and she becomes Zachary Smith when she gets to the to the family. Oh. That's what's going to happen. I haven't seen episode two, but I assume she gets there and she's like, "Hello, everybody, I'm Zachary Smith." Well, I mean, e- e- even if yeah, even if you don't know that about the '60s show, I think still watching that, you think, well, she's going to have to now play the card of Doctor Smith. Yeah, going forwards. Mm-hmm. How's that going to pan out yeah. for everyone? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Episode two. Uh, play. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So the commandments then we'll run them against it as always. Uh, yeah. It's only fair to do that. Same rules against everything. Uh, episode two. I definitely would watch it and I will. Yep, definitely. Does it have a memorable theme tune? I think it's more memorable than uh, Night, Night Flies. Flies. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's more catchy, brighter. Um, yep, more triumphant. Yep. Does it introduce you to a new character or journey? whole load loads yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely uh, would you pause for a pee I don't think I would no no I don't think so. I would uh, do you feel emotionally connected with one or more of the characters definitely with Will I think yeah because like people underestimated him and you know when you're a kid you just don't yep. feel appreciated so yeah I could empathise uh, would you recommend it yeah I would yes I would yep. is there a mic drop it's not a mic drop as such, but I think the conversation that she's having with whoever it is has got got Will on the ship. That that is the moment of like, ah, uh, there's something that's going to come around and mm, bite her. Maybe yeah. It's not a mic drop as such, but it's definitely a an unanswered question that's just subtly dropped in the middle yeah. that you kind of forget about. I think the Zachary Smith reveal that it's going to be her is the mic drop for, for fans of the original. Yes. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, does it defy expectations? Yeah, because actually I thought it might have been a bit a bit sort of soft and fluffy. Yeah. And it hasn't been that way. It didn't defy my expectations. I think it just, just met them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, has it aged well? Well, it's only uh, six, less than six months old. Yeah, but the, the conversation could be had, Is the 60, was the 60s show worth rebooting? And yeah, I think so. All right. Yep, cool. And is the hype real? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. You know, having seen quite a lot of adverts and Netflix pitched it quite a bit when it first landed. Yeah. Um, I would say that. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of glad that they've kind of got behind this one and, and have really pushed it. So, score time. Night Flyers first. Ooh, okay, what are you so thinking? I'm first. Um, I like this episode. Um, it's making me watch the second one, but it's not. I don't think it's as good as Lost in Space. So I'm going to give it a. Six and a half. I knew you were going to say that. I'm going to give it a six and a half. I think I'm going to match you, mate. Yeah. Again, another that's one. That, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, 13 for Night Flyers. Okay. Uh, which isn't bad. It's not yeah. a bad score. Night 13 out of 20 is, you know, it's a decent. It's pretty decent. healthy score. We've, we're up to nearly 184 shows now. Wow. So, you know, it's got a lot of shows to compete against. Yeah. Um, yeah, six and a half for me. So 13. Okay. Um, but Lost in Space, agree with you on the front of... 
it being just a little bit better. I think there's a bit of warmth to it that's yeah. required. There's also enough mystery and unanswered questioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice throwback to the original. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to go seven and a half. I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. So that's 14 and a half. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, both, I'm sure both will be improved as you go along, but um, yeah. Based on the first episode. And all first seasons, uh, all, each of the first seasons are available on Netflix. So if yeah. you do want to go and have a watch of the first episodes, you can. Of course, then you can binge on the rest of the series if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, question is, though, what do we do next week? Oh, I think I know what I want to do next week. Okay. I think I want to do, because I'm one of, one of the few people who actually have a YouTube premium account. Holy moly, we found one, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and you might have to do a seven-day trial to watch this, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Go on in. What you got? Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai oh, okay. is yeah, a karate, yeah, yeah. karate thing, yes. TV show. And I think it was one of the best TV shows I watched last year. And wow. And that is a bold statement, but... I really, really do think it's very, very, very enjoyable. And it's not even about Danielson. It's about the other guy, the bad guy. Okay. So is it about karate? Yeah, about karate and uh, people fighting and uh, grudges from years back and, and things like that. Oh, blimey. What the heck do I put against that then? Oh, God. Um... Anything actiony? I'm thinking like something was quite fighty. Is there like a boxing show? I can't think of a. Genuinely a bit stuck at this point. I don't know what to put that against. There is. I'm trying to think of something that's. Oh, is there like a, a boxing? There's a boxing anime. Is there? Yeah, that was being recommended to me. What else but is there? Maybe. What sort of violent? What sort of fight? I don't. I don't want to go for like a violent thing deliberately, but like a, a somewhere where there's contest. Um, that kind of goes on. That's a that's a hard one. Well, hmm. you could do. We could do uh, an episode of like the old. <laughs> <thing. laughs> oh, you found one. <laughs> I think I might have done. Okay. What do you think? Oh, is this on the list. Or? Okay, so it's, it's right. Two. There's two on the list here. Okay. One, only because I've just said boxing. Right. And I thought we'd go down another, another martial art, another fighting sort of form. Okay. You put this on the list months ago. Did probably I? about a year ago okay, now. Okay, this sounds good if it's from me. The Mike Tyson Mysteries. Let's do the Mike Tyson Mysteries. Or, oh. if we're going to go for something that is quite a lot of sort of fighting involved, right. um, Banshee springs to mind. Totally different kind of context. And I know we always try to compare two things similarly, but... We've got to do them all at some point. Is the Mike Tyson mysteries really that good? It's or, fun. Really? It's fun, but I think Banshee would... Pr- no, the Mike Tyson mysteries. Because cause Cobra Kai is quite short um, and quite fun. And I feel like Banshee is quite long and it's also fun, but it's up to you, though. The Mike Tyson mysteries, it is. Awesome. Awesome. What have I let myself it's a popular for? show. So essentially, though, you've had two choices this week. So no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> if, if, if you want to go with Banshee, this is your choice. No, it's fine. Okay. I, I did say boxing, and the fact I found that one in the list is yeah, yeah. Uh, that's big volume. So no idea what either of these are about. So let's um, let's see what happens on Take Ninety Three next week on the Pilot Podcast. Jed, yes. if they, people want to tweet you and say, "Hey, Jed, you talk such sense." Wow. How do they do so? First. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. 
Uh, and if you want to shout abuse at me on Twitter, it's at Jed Shepherd. J <laughs> uh, at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. Uh, so yeah, feel free to um, chip in with thoughts on the shows we've watched so far. And if there's something you're watching, yep. uh, maybe just found on YouTube Premium or Netflix, maybe it's a BBC program, maybe some Shudder. ITV show. Yep. We don't mind uh, child, adults, English, American. There's lots of shows on the iPlayer long, as well for free. Yeah, short, long, old and new. Yeah, we're happy to do whatever Send it um, our as way. long as it's great. We want to watch it, yeah. so let us know on Twitter. Uh, hashtag put it on the list. Uh, that makes it easier for me than Jed to find. find it, yeah. um, and we'll be back next week, 93 on the way, with the Mike Tyson Mysteries and Cobra Kai. That just leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. <laughs>